Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning on a Patriots Sunday. Yes, it is opening day. You've been waiting for this moment since, I don't know, the season ended with a thud last December when they played the Buffalo Bills. And you know what, Tim Welsh, you just have to, uh, first of all, wake me up. Second of all, I am not still in rain-delayed programming for BC football, am I? Well, <clears throat> the question is, during the two-hour and 25-minute rain delay, did, did my friend, the athletic, your athletic director, Blake James, sneak down to a back room and interview Bob Chesney for the job? <laughs> been on the road, uh, you know. That's that's what I was. Wow! After watching BC again, ouch! Yeah, it's okay. You know, we can throw up. I don't expect you to respond to that, but uh, you know, listen. From this chair, I like to look at these coaches and see how they prepare for these games. And oof! But you got out of there alive, meter. You got you beat Holy Cross. I watched North Carolina struggle yesterday. Uh, you know, SMU's coming in the league. Stanford's coming in the league. So there's, there's, the league's not that good. So you still have hope. You still have hope. Oh, and you held yeah. on for that two-hour, 25-minute delay. Um, I don't know what's worse, uh, a baseball delay or a college football delay. I think a college football delay, just because they're so rare. Uh, but uh, I felt for yesterday, pal. I was in sunny Newport. The skies were blue, and I looked up on my phone and said, delay, BC game delay. I'm like, delay? Why? What are they delaying? And uh, But you guys got some weather up there, and uh, we had a beautiful sunny day down here in Rhode Island, and uh, you guys held on to win. So feel good well, about yourself today, well, Peter. Feel good, and, feel good and take the Holy Cross win and run with it because they're good. Oh, Holy Cross is a good pro- program, and, uh, you know, I kid you not, Bob Chesney's a very good coach. There's no question about that. But first of all, coming in hot on a Sunday morning at 701, uh, I well, will give I you just, this. You know, I, I don't d- deep dive into BC football too much. I do more than ever now because of you. But I do have a lot of friends that care about it. And I I, I hear from them. Uh, I hear from them a lot of displeasure of what's going on there. So hopefully they can dig out of it. It's only week three coming up. So you'll uh, you still have hope. Well, Florida State's coming to town on Saturday for the Red Bandana I, game. How, how do you feel about that? I got to tell you, they're, they're, uh, it's going to be a, a, a daunting challenge. But I will say this, good for BC for hanging on and dealing with adverse conditions. You know how tough it is 
from a mental standpoint to sit in a locker room for two plus hours. The kids came back. They dug down deep. Holy Cross almost won the game. There was only two minutes left in the game when the delay hit. One minute and 58 seconds. That was the maddening part. You're sitting there for two hours and 20 minutes with 158 on the clock. Holy Cross has the ball at their own 25. They have possession first. They have a quarterback named Matthew Sluka, who's a terrific player, one of the best players in the nation, really, at, at, FC, at the FCS level. He was running the ball real well all day. I don't know if you saw this. Third play of the uh, post-delay, he runs down the right sideline by the Holy Cross bench, almost breaks a touchdown, would have broken a touchdown, but he stepped out of bounds at the VC 40. Yeah, he's I, gone. I had some problems following this this matchup. You know, uh, I was trying to. I was texting you throughout just to check on you, but uh, it was hard to find on the networks. Yeah, uh, I was even trying to find dial you up on the radio, and it was eight fifty, I guess, or something. But uh, you know, all is well that ends well, and, and congratulations to uh, your Eagles. Good win. Well, because well, Holy they, Cross, Holy Cross has a great program. Holy Cross is what had won eighteen straight games. That was their first loss since twenty twenty one in the regular season. So they're definitely going to be a contender to win the title in FCS. But it was, uh, you know, it's one of those games where you say, just get out with a win. It, I don't care how you win. BC's desperately needed a win. Uh, they only won three last year. That was well documented. Different year, yada, yada, yada. But hopefully, uh, who knows? Well, those Maybe. are the worst games to play. I mean, uh, you know, basketball or football, those bye games are just, they keep you up at night. And you just, because it's hard to get your players motivated for it. But they should have been motivated yesterday coming off a loss from last week. And, and they got the job done. They got the job done. So that's all that counts. And now they'll be sky high for next weekend. And, you know, it was good football day yesterday. Watched a lot of it when I could. And uh, including very happy to see Texas beat Alabama last night. And uh, that was impressive. Very impressive. And, uh, yeah, that was impressive. Anytime Nick Saban takes an L, I have a little half smile. And uh, that was good. That was good stuff last night. And Penn State looks really good. I mean, I know they only played Delaware, but uh, they look like a, a real good team in the Big Ten. And uh, your your Seminoles are tough. And, and by the way, Dion with another W out in Colorado. I know it's only over Nebraska, but they're fun to watch. Colorado is fun to watch. A great story, and uh, you know Dion's going to take the center stage. I love it. His son's going to make a run for the Heisman Trophy. The way he's playing, uh, I know it's early, but and then you know the one thing about that team is you turn it on, it's three to nothing. I was watching during the delay, and then suddenly it's thirty six fourteen. They can pile up points in, in a heartbeat, and that's what we've seen in the first two weeks or three weeks, really, with week zero of college football. And I've said it to you for. Months and years, for that matter. The game has turned into a track meet. The game has turned into a video game. If you can't score points at a rapid rate, you're in trouble. North Carolina was in a dogfight yesterday. I couldn't believe they were 19-point favorites against Appalachian State. I know you're not a gambler. If I was a gambler, I would have said, are you kidding me? Take App State. 19 points against a really good App State team. And the game ended up going to double overtime, and North Carolina beat them 40 to 34. I could not believe that line. App State is a terrific program. And yeah, I mean, but, didn't they beat Michigan a few years ago? Or more than a few, I think. But they've it was, their, that was they, a long time ago. But last yeah, year they, they were but, terrific. But they've had a they've had a real good run for as a program for a long time. 
Yes. I don't know why, I don't know why the heck you'd schedule them. I, I can't believe they get any games. <laughs> you know, I would never schedule a team like that. And oh. I looked at I looked at that game yesterday for your for BC. And I'm like, that's is a this is a tough scheduling move right there. Right out of the gate, you're playing these guys. I mean, bring Troy in or one of those schools. You know, one of those schools no one's ever heard of. Make them travel across the country and just slap them up and send them home. But holy cross! I mean, you saw even yesterday they traveled well. Their students were there and. And you mentioned they wouldn't leave the building during the lightning delay. And would not, would not leave. They got a nice program over there at Holy Cross. Yeah, and, and it's become a, as I said on the broadcast, it's become a football school. Holy Cross used to be a basketball school for years, and now it's a football school. And they've helped revitalize Worcester. And I know Joe Passarelli's sitting in Worcester right now, so he feels the energy in that uh, in that studio every Sunday morning. He feels the Crusader energy, don't you, Joe? Oh, it's holy in here, all right. <laughs> I know it is, Joe. I know we feel this is the same Joe Passarelli. We we call him Beer Man Joe. He will be headed to Foxborough after our show. This guy is industrious with a capital I. He'll be selling beer today at Gillette Stadium as the Pats take on the Eagles. Joe, what section are you in? Should be on like the side of the stadium 101 105 that area very excited for the game uh for the halftime ceremony and hope, hoping to sell a lot of beer and hopefully the patriots don't get pants too bad by the defending nfc champs and well we, we're gonna get into the halftime ceremony we're gonna get into everything about the patriots and eagles is, is the welsh family going uh i don't think so i think we're gonna take the game in right here uh enjoy the festivities the weather looks a little iffy but not bad but uh that doesn't matter we're just excited about the day for tommy and uh the crew and uh, i know his family will all be here and they're excited about it and uh you know that's i i'm just telling you the patriots are going to win today what uh, it's it, it's like it's like <laughs> everything it's like being <laughs> you Peter. everything you touch turns to gold and you know <laughs> the, the great this is what happens with the great ones the oh Deon the Deion sanders of the world the Derek jeters the uh you know Jok jokovic in tennis uh Ma magic johnson lebron james uh everything they touch turns to gold peyton manning and now you have tom brady here today at the top of the mountain of that list and what will happen it, with him being in the building his his air will will help carry the patriots over the top that's that's my prediction i know that's not strategically sound uh analysis but yeah that's not some, that's not doing it for me it's not doing sometimes, it for me. sometimes in life things things are weird and his presence i believe will carry the paper. It's like you say Providence is going to win over uh, number one Duke because Ernie D is in the building. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it, it doesn't make sense. I love you. I, I love Tom Brady. Well, I, love I, love Ernie, I love Ernie D too, but he doesn't have seven rings. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, He doesn't, but, but it, I, I know you're half joking. Let, let, let's, let, let's take this game from the base. <laughs> That's fine. That's good. I like I like the levity at seven ten on a Sunday. But let's take this game from its base. You tell me well, what you're already, area you're already, you already scolded me for coming in hot, so I've got to back down a little bit. You know, uh, <laughs> it's all right. I, I encourage the hot. 
we don't like lukewarm. We like hot. Uh, I just don't understand. I listened to all the shows this week. I'm sure you did as well. We drive around. We listen to WEEI. I listen to every show. You tell me one area where the Patriots have an advantage in this game. One area. Well, I would say coaching. I mean, as far as overall preparation for the game, you know, and I know a lot of people say Bill Belichick has not changed with the times and has not upgraded, but he's given the offensive keys to Bill O'Brien. That's that's a positive. And you know, I, I don't know. Philadelphia, obviously, they haven't played one. Their stars haven't played one snap in the preseason. So I think that could be a factor in the game where they're they're sluggish today. I mean, their timing could be off. Uh, the old Super Bowl hangover could be in play. I'm not a Nick Sariani fan either. I mean, I know he's he's, he's going to give Jalen Hurts the ball and he's going to do his thing, but I think they'll come up with a game plan to slow him down. And uh, the problem is is going to be, you know, how do you deal with the weapons on the outside for, for the Patriots? Big time pro- issue. And then the other issue is the offensive line. I mean, how are you going to how are you going to protect? Uh, you're going to have to go a lot of short, quick quick outs and quick passes and quick hitters and try to run the ball. But it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a big chore because the offensive line, you know, can you match up against that fierce uh, pass rush in front of the Eagles, which is, has been dominant as we know in the past, but you know, I'm not in favor of not playing your guys in the preseason at all. And uh, then all of a sudden now they're in live action. That, that means something. Uh, I think it's going to take a while. I think they're going to hang around. And when you can hang around, anything can happen. So that's that's what I'll give you from that standpoint. Well, and I admire that. And I think that there's some valid, there's some validity there. I think you just hit the nail on the head of the Patriots offensive line. And you can talk about the quick passing game all you want. It's still going to be so disruptive against that defense. The defense had 70 sacks last year. That was the third best ever in the NFL. 70. So... Whether they'll have 70 this year, I have no idea. I still think they're a stout defensive line. They're a top five defense in the league. They have really good cornerbacks as well. I heard, you know, people kind of disregard what they have in the second. They're all the Patriots. First of all, the Patriots have zero weapons. Because outside of Ramondre Stevenson, I have to see one weapon. And I'm not sure even in Ramondre you would call a weapon. Uh, I just don't think the Patriots' offense is dynamic enough. And I think they can move the ball. You know, they'll, they'll be okay. I'm not saying they're going to get shut out in this game, but I do feel like, you know, I have a feel of a 35-17 type game. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. I think there's questions even in the Patriot kicking game. I think there's questions uh, in the Patri- on the Patriots' defense. How good are they? Uh, I don't want to hear about this defense being really good if they give up 35 points today. Uh, that's that's Forget that re- really good statement. If they give up 35 points to Philadelphia, they're not a really good defense. They're just okay. Uh, and that could be a problem all year. I think this game is going to give you a lot of tells about where the Patriots are going. If they do get blown out, if they're not competitive, it's going to be one long season. They could go 0-4 to start the year. Uh, I know you don't think they will. Uh, but I just don't see this team being a real competitive team week in and week out. They're just not good enough, period. It's it, it, it and and it starts up front, and that's a huge foundational piece. If you don't have, if you have questions up front, and clearly Bill Belichick's been trying to throw stuff against the wall by bringing in the Wheatleys of the world and the other kid they brought in from Minnesota, 
Uh, he's just, I mean, that that's not good. That's clearly like, I don't know what I'm doing here up front. Like he's been scattered in the off season. No question about it. Ben Volan wrote about him being on the hot seat in the globe. I agree. I think you talk to anybody in football, they'll tell you he's on the hot seat. How hot is the seat? Who knows? But if they go seven and 10, I think he's gone. Uh, I think he'd be good. They go eight and nine. I think he's gone. Anything short of the playoffs, I think Belichick's gone. And that I know that's hard for Patriot fans to absorb, but too bad. It's a business. 23 years catches up to you. I think if they if they struggle a lot this year, he's gone. Yeah, I mean, who knows with that? I mean, where, where the owner stands, I think, because you can never tell where he stands because of the fact that what he says is not always what he's thinking. And that's okay. That's that's his prerogative. Uh, but, you know, the, the schemes, you know, the ability to step up and change with the times, hopefully they've done that now with Bill O'Brien, let him, you know, operate that way. But, you know, the, the way they handle free agency, the way they draft still is, is highly questionable. And, you know, where they, where they go with the draft now – Front and center today, Christian Gonzalez will be right on stage. Yep. You're going to gonna have to show what he can do uh, and because of, of Jones being out and, and Jack Jones being on injury reserve now. And now who's, who's going to step up? And that, to me, is a big, big issue today as well because those Philadelphia receivers are, are very good and they're seasoned and they're confident with their quarterback. Uh, so – it's going to be an interesting matchup today, but overall, I've said it before. You, we've said it before together. It's just, you're, I think they're better than they were in the past. Uh, and remains to be seen, of course, but everybody else is a lot better too. The, the, the conference is so good. You know, if they were the NFC, I'd say, yeah, there, there you go. They got a chance against the Saints and the Falcons and some of those bad teams. Uh, but, you know, we saw the other night the Chiefs took a step back. But this conference, this division is loaded, and that's where their problems are going to be. Uh, how are they going to beat anybody in their own division? It's going to be really – it's going to be a huge challenge. And, you know, I, I'm kind of iffy on the Jets, even though I still – I love what they did with Rodgers. And I like his young receivers, and I think they're going to be much better. Who knows? Even if the Jets are 9-8 and eight or – you know, 500 team, those aren't wins anymore that they used to be. I, you know, it, it was, it, it's such a change dynamic and they haven't kept up with the Joneses. And that's, that's a talent attrition thing. That's that you're exactly right. That's a player development thing. That's a, that's an issue where they had, there's too many cracks in that office in, in player development, too many, too many whiffs, too many chances on guys that didn't make sense. The, you know, you should have brought in a dynamic receiver this year. Again, Aloze Flowers. Let's see what he does today for Baltimore. Let's see what Jackson Smith and Jigba does for Ohio State. Two guys that were there for you. Uh, you name any receiver on the board that was there. Let's see let's see how those guys do. You're looking at a guy today in A.J. Brown, uh, who you could have had a couple years ago. And now he's such a ultra weapon for Philadelphia. Between A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and you know, they got a four-headed backfield headed by DeAndre Swift. If he's healthy, he could be a bear. Uh, Philadelphia has weapons all over the place. And with a top three quarterback now in Jalen Hurts, good luck stopping him. Uh, again, well, 
Yeah, I, I agree. You know, that's the thing. You know, when when the the talk of the week is who's going to be the backup quarterback, whether it's Bailey Zappi or Matt Corral. I mean, that's like I talk about getting bored with life. You know, I heard enough of that this week to you know make me want to just watch the U.S. Open tennis. You know, I mean, <laughs> this is what this is what we're discussing for the week. Who who's the backup? And we're having debates about it. Who should be the backup quarterback? Who cares? I mean, I don't even you can't, can't can't tell me in Philadelphia they're discussing the backup quarterback. They're not. And uh, so you know, that's when you you're trying to divert attention to what's really what you have out there in front of you. And that's the problem. You know, to me, I want to know who's going to be on that offensive line today, you know, and who's going to guard, who's how are they going to defend AJ Brown? Is it going to be, I mean, they're going to have to play zone. There's no doubt about it. They can't put Gonzalez on him uh, from the get go, but you can't play zone all, all game. You've got to mix it up uh, or else they'll just, they'll find the holes in that zone. So to me, that's an interesting point as well how they scheme the defense and how they stop those wideouts that you just spoke about i will say you mentioned the back of court i'm with you my head was going to explode uh but i will say it's an interesting story and i don't quite get it the the, the matt corral situation i know matt corral is not uh the second coming of tom brady but what happened there they, they placed corral on the exempt left the squad list why did, did he not have did he have trouble learning the playbook I, I'm guessing that was an issue I'm guessing he had trouble fitting into the system I'm guessing he probably maybe he told him he just didn't want to play anymore uh I don't get that it that's and, and first of all I know you're saying it's not a big deal but okay what happens with this fractured offensive line if Jones goes down you got a quarterback in zappy who you're clearly not confident in because Belichick would not have done anything with him if he was competent. So that, that's a that's still a little concern. I mean, I don't get the whole corral thing. Well, you know, talk about not having confidence in somebody and then shattering his confidence by releasing him and then bringing him back and letting him dangle. And Exactly. Uh, I read that you know, he's going to lose about 75% of his salary if he wasn't placed on the 53-man roster. So, yeah, you know, they get you know, the guy was there for you through thick and thin last year, through a disaster. And he, he, you know, he's, he was solid. So, I mean, obviously every year is different, but you know, Matt Corral, the first, listen, he was a good, he was good quarterback at Ole Miss, but uh, he got released by the Panthers. Come on. Now, you know, they're a team that's not releasing good players. That's for sure. So, you know, that, that part I didn't get. You know, especially you've got Zappy and you just got to roll with him. And, and he's the backup until you can find somebody better. I'd rather have bringing a veteran guy that you can look at and bring say, Colt McCoy. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I don't so, – that, that's, that's why I think this is a little bit of a tell that the Patriots are, are scattered. And that's the word I use describing what they're – this mess they're in. They're, again – you're probably hating us, folks, and I, I understand if you're a Patriot fan, you, you don't want to hear this, but they're 25 and 26 in their last 51. They are who they are, to borrow, borrow Parcells Belichick phrase. That's who they are. They're a mediocre football team. And until they show me differently in 2023, I see that continuing. I just don't see them getting out of that morass of mediocrity. 
I mean, it's a spiral. It's a 51-game spiral, and that's not good if you're Robert Kraft. No, no, and it's going to be uh, front and center today because the man they let go since uh, they've been downtrodden since then is, is going to be there honored today. And uh, which begs the question, Meter, uh, what was worse in your mind? The Patriots letting Tom Brady go or the Sox letting Mookie Betts go? I mean, I, I thought about that. I'm like, how in a, in a sports town, you've got two teams that let two all-time greats leave the organization. Just let, let them go. Let them go. I mean, that that to me is just mind-boggling. I didn't think of it until, you know, obviously when it happened, I said this is a big mistake when they let Tom Brady go. But then as it now they're bringing him back, I thought in the Mookie Bet situation was just a couple weeks ago when we talked about that. I'm like, these things, it's, these things just can't happen. How, how do you let him go? And like, I, you know, and the ownership is bringing him back and patting themselves on the back and this and that. And meanwhile, they let him go. They let him walk. Do you think he really wanted to go to Tampa? No. They should have paid him two years, $50 million, and shut the door. He's, he's our quarterback. But, I do think yeah. he, he wanted to get away from Belichick, though. And I do think he was done with Belichick. I think he was done with with the constant negativity, with the constant pounding that Belichick used to give him. I think he felt like he was done with that. You, you know, it, it was always Tom's kind of the rookie thing. And that was probably carrying for 15, 20 years. And Tom said, forget it. I, I can't deal with this anymore. I want to get away from Belichick. Now, if they had been more proactive and given him a, a $25 million contract and said, hey, you know, we want you here. And I'm sure he probably would have been more receptive to that. And maybe that would have changed his mind a little bit. And he probably could have said, all right, I'll work it out with Belichick. But overall, I think at the end, it became too, way too sour, way too disruptive for Brady. And he said, I just need a change. And so I I think that was a big issue. The bet, bets well, thing. That's, that, well, that's their fault, too. That's his. That's their fault. That's not his fault that he didn't want to be around that. He he earned the. He should have earned the respect from the. No, I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. That that's 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 Belichick not bending, and to a to a, the greatest player of all time, and that's Belichick saying, "All right, I'm going to ease off a little bit." And that's Kraft maybe playing as an intermediary and saying, "I have to, I have to, you know, I have to mediate this. I have to mediate this relationship." It's a good question you ask. We'll open that up to the listeners at 401-777-1037. What stung worse, Brady or Betts? I'm guessing everybody's going to say Brady because he's Brady. But I'm, I'm also going to give you this, though. Consider the age of Mookie Betts and consider where Betts was in his career. Consider the fact he was on an upward plane. Brady was likely going on a downward plane. Even though he won the Super Bowl, he wasn't going to be as good as he was at 28. Betts was going up. He was a absolute rocket ship still is probably going to be the MVP Brady was tailing off a little bit so that's that's the wavering point for me on that situation but love the question uh two horrendous decisions uh the Red Sox tailspin continues uh and you know it's a situation where both teams have to really look at their themselves uh look at their look at their personnel departments and see where everything's headed because uh, right now, there's way too much uncertainty on both ends. And if you're the Patriots today playing the Eagles, you're looking at a department where Howie Roseman was on the hot seat for a while as their GM, as you know. 
you have Philadelphia fans, and they weren't high on Howie Roseman. They were Philly fans aren't high on anybody unless you win. Uh, they were never high on Andy Reid until he took him to the Super Bowl. But Roseman's done a really nice job. And it's a kid who started as an intern with the Philadelphia Eagles and worked his way up. And now he's, you know, running the best, one of the best teams in football. So I think what Philadelphia has done, they've got every Georgia player on their defense. You're going to see all those guys today. Uh, you come to Georgia, you're probably going to Philadelphia. Next stop. So good for them for drafting the best players for the best college team. Uh, it's, it's, it, it's a contrast in styles. It's a contrast in management today. That's why this game, besides the Brady thing, besides the halftime pop and circumstance, besides the new scoreboard, and besides Joe selling beer, it's a contrast in styles. Which team uh, has won the last couple of years? Clearly Philadelphia. Which team's going down? The Patriots. Yeah. And uh, you talk about personnel decisions. You're not going to hear from uh, Matt Groh because he's been muzzled ever since he went front and centered and said there's uh, there's ways there's always ways to work around the salary cap. And uh, he's been put to the back closet since then. So you, you don't know why they make some of these decisions and you're not going to get it from the coach. So uh, we'll, we'll see what they have on the field. We don't no more talk. No more talk. It's time to just to step up. You still need to convince me, and I know you you're going with that ephemeral Brady factor and the and the pomp and circumstance factor. I know yes, you say that half joking, that but someone needs to convince me out there how the Patriots win this game. How the Patriots win this game? Convince me. I'm 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 pliable. I'm bendable. I'm I'm coachable. Convince me. Give me a shot. I'm wearing my Patriot shirt today. I'm wearing the throwback Pat Patriot shirt. Lived and died with them for years. You know, obviously, we're all still fans. If you grew up in this well, they're area, they're only four point underdogs, so it's you know, that's, that that's shocking to me. That's a fumble. You know, that's one fumble recovery. I don't and, get that. And, and, and you know, you know who's gonna maybe who, who's gonna help us out? Eight oh five, Karen Garigian, our good friend who from Mass Live. She's she's there every day. She covers the Patriots better than anybody. She will join us. Give she asks the best questions, too, by the way, to the coach. She oh, she does. The, she's the best questions, yeah. She does. She gets she's, back on the heels. She's tenacious. She's tenacious. She's a terrific reporter, and she's going to join us at 805 to give us uh, the lowdown on Pat's Eagles. You could join us as well, 401-777-1037. Meet her in the coach on a Sunday morning. Joe Passarelli, you're up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.